0: Welcome to the Eddie Hyde Podcast. This is our first video podcast, and I'm going to be sharing with you today um, what I believe are two keys to seeing God work powerfully in our lives, to see God do miracles. I am convinced that God wants to work very powerfully in our lives. In fact, there's an Old Testament scripture that says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro, throughout the whole earth, seeking those who are of a... The Old King James says perfect. It means a sincere. Those who are of a sincere heart. Is your heart sincere before God? God's looking for those who are of a sincere heart that He might show Himself strong on their behalf. The two keys that I've come to believe are the two basic keys for seeing God work powerfully, to see answers to prayer, to see miracles are faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. Faith is us believing that God will do what He promised to do, and obedience is us doing what He has told us to do. Now, there's a story that I want to look at in the Gospels that illustrates this so clearly, and it's the story of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Many of you listening will know the story. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 11. Jesus was close friends with an individual named Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha sent a letter, a note to Jesus. This was before emails and so on. So I don't know how long it took the note to get to him, but they said, they informed him that Lazarus was sick and they asked him to come and heal him. And when Jesus got the note, he just waited around. He, did, he didn't respond to it. He waited around for a couple of days, then he decided to go. So he and his disciples, they traveled to Bethany, which is uh, just outside of Jerusalem, which was the home of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And so I'm going to begin reading at this point. So when Jesus came, he found that he, that is Lazarus, had already been in the tomb for days. Now, Bethany Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Apparently, he wasn't wasn't that old. Then Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you had come, when we asked you to come, he wouldn't have died. You could have healed him. You could have done something. But now you didn't come. It's all over. She believed in what Jesus could have done four days ago if he had only listened to them. Then Jesus replied, oh, she went on and said, verse 22, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again, resurrection at the last day. Now, I want you to notice something, how her, her faith at this point is in what Jesus could have done if he had been there four days ago. And now, her faith is in what is going to happen sometime in the future at the time of resurrection. So, this is why Jesus then said to her, I am the resurrection. She said, Lord, your brother's going to rise again. Well, I know he's going to rise again in the last day at the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And the life, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said this, she went away and secretly called her sister Mary, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. Verse 32 says, Then when Mary came, Where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So she's saying the very same thing that uh, Martha was saying. Obviously, they are a little perturbed that Jesus did not come when they asked him to come. Somebody wrote a song, Isn't It Great That that he's, that, even, that he's never late. Even when he's four days late, he's right on time. That's how it goes. Isn't it great when he's four days late, he's still on time? <laughs> so Jesus is on time. He's just not on their time. And many people get discouraged and despondent because Jesus is not working on their time frame, on their timetable, on their calendar. But God has his own calendar that he works with, and we have to learn to trust. Even when he doesn't come through, when we want him to come through, we've got to still trust. And so, she says what her sister Martha said, If you'd been here four days ago, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Shortest verse in the Bible, verse 35. Jesus wept. And I think Jesus, I believe that Jesus is weeping simply because he's, he feels he enters in to, to the sorrow and the sadness of everyone else weeping. You see, the Bible says in, in Hebrews 4.16 that he is moved with the feelings of our infirmities. He's moved with the feelings of our infirmities. He weeps about those things that we weep about, those sorrows and things that we weep about. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And then look at verse 38. Then Jesus again, we're talking about faith and obedience will bring the answer to prayer, the miracle that you're looking for. Then Jesus said, take away the stone. Now, this this would be similar to digging up the coffin. The stone was a a, a very heavy round stone that was rolled in front of a tomb. Usually there was a groove uh, along the front of the tomb and this very heavy stone was rolled in front to discourage any kind of mischief or... Uh, grave robbers or whatever because normally it would take several men to roll away such a stone. And so Jesus says to the women roll away the stone. And in, in this situation the, the stone was an expression of, of they had given up. In their mind it was all over. Lord if you'd been here four days ago you know you could have done something but now It's all over. He's buried. We put a stone over the other tomb. It's done with. But you know, when Jesus is on the scene, it's never over. It's never done with. As the uh, New York Yankees iconic catcher and folk philosopher Yogi Berra once said, It ain't over till it's over. (laughs) And when Jesus is in our lives, it's never over until he says it's over. So Jesus said, roll away the stone. Here's a question. Why didn't Jesus roll away the stone? Why didn't he say he had 12 men with him? Why didn't he say, hey, guys, let's go down and roll away the stone? Jesus allows us to participate in the miracles that he wants to do in our lives and in answers to prayer. And this is where the the, the faith and obedience, faith and obedience, they go together hand in glove. And so they're going to have to trust that Jesus can and will do what he says he will do. But then they're going to have to do their part and they're going to have to do what he tells them to do. And if if they will do their part, he will do his part. If they will do what they can do, and trust that he will do what they can't do, something marvelous will happen. So Jesus said to them, roll away the stone. And they complained. They resisted at first. And they said, Lord, by this time there is a stench. In other words, his body is decomposing by this time. There will be a stench. He's stinking. And Jesus said, listen to this, did I not tell you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you want to see the glory of God? Jesus said, did not I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? My definition of the glory of God is that it is a visible manifestation of His presence and power. Something tangible, a visible manifestation of His presence and power. And they're going to see the glory of God that day. That, this day. They're going to see... A man who has been dead for four days come out of the tomb. So finally, verse 41, they took away the stone. Wow. Well, somebody needs to take away the stone. Somebody needs to take away the stone, representing you, you've given up on a situation. You've given up on somebody. You've given up on a family member. You've, you've decided it's all over and you've rolled the stone and said it's done with. And Jesus says, No, it's not over yet. Roll away the stone. <laughs> Open your hearts. Open your minds to faith. Did not I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And this was an expression of faith. You see, faith, as I said, faith and obedience go together. But faith is believing that he will do what he said he would do. And obedience is doing what he tells us to do. And he tells us to do something that we can do. And if we will do what we can do, he will do what we can't do. And so lift Jesus, they rolled away the stone, and Jesus lifted his eyes up to heaven, and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, In other words, he shouted, Lazarus, come forth. Can you imagine the people standing around? There's obviously a large crowd there standing around and watching. And we can only imagine the the, the gasp and the expressions of surprise and amazement as this and, and, and the Jews did wrap up their corpses somewhat like the mummies, wrapped them up in grave clothes. And here comes this former corpse shuffling out of the tomb. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, "Loose him and let him go." And I will close with a uh, just quickly with a with a personal testimony that I'm reminded of as I was reading this and commenting on it. This would be probably I'm going to guess I guess 45 years ago, 46, 45, 45, 44 years ago. Sue and I were married 47 years uh, uh, last month. But we were starting out in life and ministry together, and we had started a ministry in a congregation in Sioux's hometown of St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. Things took off. They were going well. But then all of a sudden, things began to fall apart. Things began to go downhill. And and, and I'm expecting Jesus to come and heal things and uh, to stop the bleeding and restore things. But he didn't. Things kept going down and down and everything died we lost a place to live we lost uh the place where we have we were having our meetings my older brother was killed in an accident and i had to leave and all of the 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 meetings we just left with just a handful of people and uh i remember my mother-in-law chris she said later she said that was when it all died (laughs) but i will never forget I returned returned back home after preaching my brother's funeral, and uh, Sue and I were together with another couple, and we were sitting on a park bench, or sitting at a little park bench praying. And I still remember, can see myself, I I was sitting on the bench, uh, sitting on the table with my feet on the, the bench. And all of a sudden, I felt those rivers of living water begin to rise up out of my spirit. And I began praying in other tongues. It was tangible it was real it wasn't something i initiated from the neck up this was something initiated by the spirit of god it was flowing out of me and i was praying in other tongues and all the time i was praying i was hearing these words very vividly in somewhere in my mind my spirit it I wouldn't say it was audible but it was but it was the closest thing to it. I was hearing these words, "Don't be afraid of death because I am the resurrection." And I immediately knew that those were the words that Jesus had spoke to Mary and Martha facing the tomb of their brother Lazarus. "Don't, I am the resurrection and the life." And Jesus said to me, don't be afraid of death because I am the resurrection. Wow. And I knew what God was saying. Yeah, what what you started out with here, sincerely, you knew that I had called you, but it's died, but I'm going to bring it forth in my resurrection life and power. So that gave us the courage <laughs> to, to roll away the stone. And uh, so, so keeping our faith in God and then a step of obedience, and God began to work, and that ministry came forth again, not as a result of our scheming and conniving, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Many people came to the Lord. Sue's family, her father, her two brothers came to the Lord. Uh, two of them are in heaven now, and other people Gene Laderoot, who just went home to be with the Lord, and and, and so many others, God did incredible things. He brought forth a resurrection. God wants to bring forth a resurrection in your life today. Hallelujah. He is the resurrection and the life now. Lord, I thank you for everyone watching this podcast, and I pray that as they turn their eyes upon you, that they will experience your resurrection life and power working mightily in them and through them and doing amazing incredible things. And I'll close with a little song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful His glory and grace. Yes, the things of earth will grow strangely in the light of His glory God bless you. Check out our website, eddyhyatt.com. You'll find a lot of uh, resources there that will help you. There's contact information for both Sue and myself and links to other blogs and and, uh, connections. And I'll look forward to seeing you next time.